0: Hello and welcome back to Chit Heads. I'm Khalid, one of the learning navigators at Embodied Philosophy, and I'm excited to open up this episode. This episode of Chit Heads is a talk from Sally Kempton, republished from Embodied Philosophy's 2017 Radical Body Conference. Sally Kempton is a master of meditation, yoga philosophy, and practical tantric philosophy. Sally spent 20 years as a swami in a Vedic order and has been studying and teaching spiritual wisdom for 40 years. She is the author of *Awakening Shakti*, the transformative power of the goddesses of yoga and meditation for the love of it, a seminal book on basic meditation practice, and writes a popular yoga journal column, *Wisdom*. In this episode, Sally talks about goddess practice as a spiritual technology and provides guided practices of experiencing the Divine Feminine through the breath, through being seen by the Divine, and through a formal meditation on the Goddess Lalita. We hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome, greetings, namaste. It's really my pleasure and honor to welcome you to this dive into the energies of the Sacred Feminine, um, the Shakti. Of the goddess. My name is Sally Kempton and what we are going to be talking about today and hopefully experiencing is a kind of initiation into a way of seeing the world that's both very old and also for many of us quite new. Goddess practice is a spiritual technology that in my experience is perhaps the best technology there is for piercing through the density of the physical world in our own bodies, and to begin to dance with the the pulsing energy, the subtle energy inside the world and inside our own bodies and minds. And the nature of this energy, this is according to the tantric sages and according to the experience of countless practitioners, the nature of this energy is fundamentally love a kind of love that can be profoundly wise, deeply motherly, which is also fierce, wild, erotic, protective, creative. And as we get to know this energy, as we get to know goddess, as we get to know shakti, we reconstruct a part of ourselves that we may have let go of long ago or that we may not even know um, but which literally waits to be discovered in all her beauty and fierceness as a guardian, as a lover, and especially as the source and the intrinsic empowerment to connect us to the, to the love and wisdom at the heart of the universe. And I, I want to say that what we could call the, the gift, the fruit, the payoff of goddess practice Is that we become lovers and servants of reality and also especially that we come to recognize and to be empowered by our own inner source of strength in other words rather than looking outside ourselves always for wisdom and knowledge and love we begin to recognize that these capacities are bubbling up from the sacred feminine source the Shakti within us so we're concerned here with what I often call a sacred feminine empowerment, which is not only for women and is not in any way an attempt to privilege the feminine over the masculine, but as many of you know, because I know that the study of Tantra is part of the philosophical practice and uh, study that that is being unfolded in in embodied philosophy, But according to the tantra, according to the tradition, the archetypal masculine and the archetypal feminine are seen not as gendered physical entities, but as really the two polarities of the absolute consciousness, the, the pure creativity, wisdom, and love that's at the heart of everything. So, and according to tantra, the divine masculine qualities are expressed in the in the inner world as stillness as pure awareness as a kind of transcendent freedom as that which is eternally transcendent and which is also experienced as the ground of being in deep meditation we we find the the divine masculine as the witness consciousness as it's popularly called but particularly as that which underlies our entire experience of life. And in the tantric tradition that I follow and practice, this divine masculine energy is called Shiva. Shiva, which has many meanings, but which I like to translate as that which underlies, as the ground that underlies everything. Um, And again, according to tantra, the divine masculine qualities are expressed in the inner world, in the external world, we could say as structure, as order, as ethical controls and rules of engagement, as whatever it is that underlies uh, the social order. And of course these are as crucial to the dance of life as the feminine principles of creative uh, playfulness, sensuality, flow and embodied love. Um, And these esoterically are known as the qualities of shakti the creative side of the absolute and again as many of you know shiva shakti divine masculine divine feminine are engaged in a constant dance uh, a constant interplay the the shakti or divine feminine aspect of consciousness literally emerging as a kind of ecstatic urgency to become that this that is constantly bubbling up from inside the stillness and which is also constantly giving rise to universes, both external universes and also, of course, the inner universes of thoughts and feelings. So in a certain sense, from the tantric point of view, everything that we know, everything that we experience, both in our own bodies and minds and in in the, the universe that we meet through our senses, all of it is an aspect of shakti. All of it is an aspect of this divine feminine force. Um, some people talk about the essence of life as being composed of being and becoming. And if that's the case, we could say the being aspect is the masculine, the becoming aspect is the feminine and in one of the texts of tantra that has been i would say my own bible over the years it's called the pratyabhigna i am the the heart of the doctrine of recognition the first two verses say that chiti shakti which is uh, which is actually the feminine form of consciousness chiti in her own this this pure consciousness, this pure awareness filled with creativity, in her own freedom, her swatantriya, manifests this universe upon her own screen, out of her own being, and essentially lives within it as us. So the fundamental understanding behind all goddess practice is that there is one great pulsing ecstatic urgent awareness whose nature is love and creativity who is constantly manifesting experience both as physical density and as inner experience and one of the powerful ideas at the heart of divine feminine practice is really the recognition that true power true creative power both for men and women arises from this intrinsically feminine inner source, the inner depths of consciousness uh, in which creativity is understood as a property of the genderless divine feminine. So to experience true power, the kind of limitless energy and creativity that does not depend on anything outside itself and that doesn't depend on artificial controls, we actually have to come to know the deep feminine. Just as to, to recognize the stillness and the, the, let's call it, the clarity and the, uh, the ground out of which all this comes, we must come to know the deep masculine. Obviously, we need both polarities in order to be whole. And obviously, these polarities are in no way gendered. They are equally present in beings of the masculine as of the feminine gender. But the the great critique, again, as most of us know, of so-called patriarchal society, is that both on the social level and on the depth level, it's attempted either to control or to deny the power of the feminine or to harness it in the service of its own structures. So, So this, you know, in a certain sense, in my experience, the emergence of true feminine spirituality in our time, has has been in certain ways um, the effect of the emergence of political and economic uh, power for women, but in fact, it's so much deeper than that, and it is so much about the soul. So, what sacred feminine practice shows practice shows us how to do is really to to allow ourselves to open to the wellspring of Shakti, of divine feminine power, that that whose purpose is really to awaken us to the real meaning of our embodiment. So in, in sacred feminine practice, in tantric practice, there's an understanding that spirit, uh, that you know, the, the intrinsic spirit at the heart of everything exists as that which is behind the entire universe, both physical and uh, and subtle. Spirit also exists as our deepest self, the Atman, the soul, the Buddha nature. and And this is a fairly radical idea for Westerners. Spirit also exists in specific light forms which are known as deities. And uh, these these deity forms, uh, can be experienced in many different ways. They can be experienced as archetypal energies that uh, that act through the cosmos, through the universe, that express themselves as weather patterns, that express themselves as cultural patterns. They they can they also uh, express themselves, of course, through the human personality and the human energy system. And these kind of archetypal goddess energies have very distinct qualities and signatures that we can begin to know. Um, They they have names like Durga, the invincible one, who represents the energy of pure divine will and strength and protective power. Lakshmi, whose name um, means, is actually translated as the sign of good fortune, who is the, the energy that manifests as harmony, as abundance as uh, natural fertility. Lalita, who I'm going to talk about a bit today, whose name means the playful one, and who is that aspect of Shakti, whose play, whose divine play is the cosmos, and whose gift I experience as the erotic reverence for the cosmos and the world, for the body and the world. Saraswati, creative flow, who is uh, who's the deity of of Uh, intelligence of wisdom she's the goddess of words and music many more um, goddess forms and all of these divine forms express themselves within us in different in different um, aspects as the faces of our own gifts and powers as the enlightened divine qualities in each of us and they're also real figures who exist as light forms in the subtle realms who appear in dreams who show up in meditation um, who many of us have experienced as kind of subtle presences um, and part of the really the gift of tuning into goddess energies for each of us um, is there capacity for giving us grace, for giving us help, for opening us to the deep structures of the universe? So before we get into the specifics and into what I hope will be a transmission of, uh, of a kind of intimacy with Goddess. Before we get into this, I, I want to add one more piece of tantric philosophy that's very critical to understanding why we study goddess, why we invoke goddess. In the tradition, um, one of the core teachings about the universe and the human being, the human soul, is the, the teaching of maya, the, the teaching that in the process of manifesting as universes, the creative Shakti, the goddess, veils herself so that the world begins to look like a collection of separate different objects, which are very much different from spirit and very much in which all of these beings and souls and objects experience ourselves as different from each other. And this, uh, this experience of feeling separate and different is known in the tradition as bondage. Um, It's the source of our fundamental suffering. And we don't really uh, discover ourselves or find the place where we can live in the world ecstatically, which is really what the goddess path is all about. We don't really discover this until the key to unlocking our vision is given to us, and this capacity to, this shift in vision that allows us to see the divine in the world, not as an intellectual supposition, but as an actual felt experience. This shift in vision, this shift in perception is the gift of the goddess. In other words, what the tradition tells us is that because she, the primordial shakti, has veiled reality for us, has, has created this situation in our neural wiring where we experience ourselves as limited and separate. She herself has to open the gate. And traditionally goddess practice for beings like ourselves who are interested in enlightenment, who are interested in spiritual growth, goddess practice has had the ultimate goal of really inviting or invoking or coaxing or offering ourselves to goddess such that she can begin to awaken our capacity for seeing through the veils and recognizing the true structures of the universe. So goddess practice, in other words, and the empowerment that goddess gives us uh, is really Considered not only crucial to the experience of awakening, but also let's call it the fast track to awakening Because when we have a relationship with our own intrinsic power uh, We we begin to experience What's behind our eyes what's behind sound we begin to experience that all of the energies inside our body and inside the world can connect us to this one divine energy that's the source. So a living mystical tradition that has existed often secretly for uh, for finding, loving, and invoking goddess um, is a spiritual technology that gives us direct experience of the sacred in life, in the body. Um, so tantric practices, which are very often practices that specifically work with goddess, uh, connection to the shakti is one of the hallmarks of tantric practice wherever wherever it is practiced. It's not the only hallmark of tantric practice, but it's very much, it's very intrinsic to it. Um, tantra aims at discovering the sources of spiritual power within the body, within the subtle body, and Therefore, as we begin to discuss and practice because I do want to do some practices with you, uh, talking about the goddess, talking about tantra is is simply uh, an intellectual exercise unless we actually practice some of the yogas, some of the some of the spiritual practices that are possible in this tradition um, tantric practices, which include, of course, mantra, meditation, breath, story, self-recognition practices. Uh, Some of them are very simple. Some of them are more elaborate. All of the ones that we're going to be doing here are given to you with an intention to help us invoke the, the sacred feminine in particular forms and to allow our connection with the sacred feminine to, let's say, cook in us. Uh, to start to awaken our hearts and to become really the basis of a deep turning uh, towards our intuitive wisdom the the goddesses are really mediators in a certain sense between your psyche and the deep structures of the cosmos which is why they can have such a powerful effect on our spiritual journey so they they link us literally to <clears throat> to forms of sacred power that are unique to us, that are personally related to us, as well as to aspects of ourselves that we may not have been aware of. Um, So let's just begin. You can close your eyes or not. We'll begin with the breath. Just allow yourself to be present with the breath. Very simple, what we're about to do. See if you can feel the breath flowing into the body, not only through the nostrils, through the lungs, but through every pore. See if you can begin to feel that as the breath flows into your body, that it is flowing to you from every corner of the universe, that The universe is literally making love to you through the breath. As the breath flows in, see if you can feel it coming in as a very subtle caressing energy. Again flowing through your pores. See if you can allow yourself to begin to relax into the feeling that Goddess is making love to you through the breath. And in order to start to feel, I call this the inner breath, the breath of the breath. You know, one of the great sages of India, one of the great poet saints of India, Kabir once wrote, God is the breath within the breath. So the breath within the breath is this very, very subtle erotic caress that the goddess is offering you with every breath, and it's as you begin to tune into the breath with the intention to experience that, what starts to happen is that your subtle inner sense sensing capacities start to open. So instead of breath being a mechanical function that keeps you alive, breath begins to become an opportunity to experience goddess dancing from within you, to actually begin to experience the erotic holiness that is the expression of the divine feminine in the natural world. So just allow yourself to be breathed by the goddess. One of the great teachings that comes out of the sacred feminine tradition is the recognition that our own energies, our own capacities, the different aspects of our personality are all related to sacred feminine powers, to sacred feminine energies. And that as we get to know these energies, we, we start to be able to reframe our experience of energy in our own body. So for instance, your wildness you know your intensity may connect you to the energy of the fierce goddess kali your love for beauty may connect you to the energy of the goddess lakshmi who is the embodiment of beauty your love for words for language your enjoyment of music may correct, may connect you to the goddess saraswati and your your eroticism your sensuality your your capacity for uh, for subtle erotic opening may connect you to the goddess Lalita Tripura Sundari, who, as as in my experience, is actually one of the hidden but extraordinarily important aspects of the consciousness of the enlightened feminine, both in the universe and in in the human being. <laughs> so. I'd like to just ask you to give yourself the opportunity once again to tune into this sense of the breath as the vehicle through which goddess flows into your body. To recognize that not only is the breath an aspect of goddess, but the very energies that you experience Flowing through your senses are aspects of the goddess. So, for example, try looking at your own capacity for seeing. If your eyes are open, you're looking outward, you're looking at the computer, um, you're aware of the room you're in. See if you can just for a moment have the recognition that Your capacity for seeing is an aspect of the power of the Shakti, which is manifesting as your eyes, as your sense of sight, and also as everything that you're seeing. She's manifesting through the computer, she's manifesting through the objects of the room. And similarly, the sounds that you're hearing, the sound of my voice, the other sounds that you're aware of in the atmosphere as well as your capacity for hearing. According to the tantric tradition, all of these are aspects of goddess. In other words, the shakti is hearing through your ears, is seeing through your eyes, is manifesting as your physical body, is manifesting as what you see and hear and taste and smell. So if you widen your awareness to to get a sense that this entire universe within your experience, everything that that you are experiencing right now in this moment is actually an expression of Shakti, who has become all this in its infinite complexity and who is also present as the darting thoughts that are going through your mind as the neurological, as the neurons that are firing in your brain and body, as your mood, as the sensations that you may be experiencing. And behind all this and within all this, there is also a knowingness, a witnessing a still witness who is observing all this, who is the divine masculine within you. And from a certain point of view, and this is one of the great tantric viewpoints, see if for a moment you can feel that your entire experience, your seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, the movements of your body are part of a gorgeous dance that is being orchestrated by shakti, and which is being presented kind of as entertainment for this still witnessing presence that we call Shiva, the stillness of the divine masculine, who is the ground of all of it. Just notice what happens to your experience, to your awareness, when you hold this viewpoint, this vision. There are in Tantra two kind of iconic images that express the relationship of the divine masculine and the divine feminine. One of them shows the goddess Kali, you know, the very fierce goddess with skulls around her neck, her tongue out, apron of hands, fierceness embodied. It shows Kali dancing on the prone body of her consort Shiva. And the the symbolism, the symbology of this image, uh, expresses the fact that the masculine is the still ground on which, through which, the feminine dances as the dynamic power. So it it expresses the idea that Shakti is all actions in this world. The second image, which is also very beautiful, is the image that's called um, Arda Narishwara, the image of the man the masculine and the feminine in one body. So in the Arda Narishwar image, one half of the body is strong, is is Shiva, you know, is the the yogi with a trident in one hand and this very buff yogi's body. The other half of it is the goddess who is sensual and beautiful and kind of in a dancing pose. They are together, they are, one body. The goddess is on the left. The god is on the right. So the understanding here is that Shiva and Shakti, the divine masculine and the divine feminine, are inseparable. There is a beautiful poem, which by the great Indian mystic Yaneshwar, which describes this really as a divine romance in which this, in which these two beings who are not separate, who are one. Separate for the sake of making love and produce a universe, which is the, which is their child. So his what he says is, I offer salutations to the god and the goddess, the infinite parents of the world. The lover out of boundless love becomes the beloved. They sit together on the same ground, wearing the same garment of light. Out of supreme love. They swallow each other up, then separate for the joy of being two. Without the goddess, there is no god, and without the god, she would not exist. The entire universe is too small to contain them, yet they live happily in the smallest particle. So, with that awareness, and with the intention to stay present to the understanding that our entire embodiment is an expression of goddess, that every thought that arises is literally being sent up from the core of stillness, from the consciousness, which in us manifests as the mind, as an action of shakti, enjoying herself, playing through us, as love, as power, as thought, and of course, as galaxies, as planets. And with that understanding that when we talk about goddess, we're talking about this principle that runs throughout all of life. I would like to speak specifically about that form of the goddess whom the tantric sages call lalita tripura sundari as i said um, her name means her name lalita means playful her full name is lalita tripura sundari sundari is means the beautiful one the tripura are the three it literally means three cities but we can call them the three worlds or the three states of consciousness waking dream and deep sleep so Lalita is the playful shakti, the beauty who plays through all our states of consciousness and who endlessly and eternally remains beyond them. So Lalita's playfulness is actually the expression of her blissfulness, that she has a thousand names. There's actually a hymn called the Lalita Sahasranama, the thousand names of the goddess Lalita, one of them is "She whose form is bliss." She who plays in the forest of bliss. She's also known as the goddess of desire. Her, uh, her, her aspect, her, her field, let's say, uh, is the fundamental quality of desiring, of urgency, which is the source of all creativity and of creation itself, of course, starting with with the the generative creation of new human beings whose birth comes out of fundamental desire. Um, But from a spiritual point of view, Lalitas is the energy that becomes active in the experience of rapture, in the experience of blissfulness. And this, you know, feminine mystics in particular, but certainly not Heaven and mystics are not alone in this, but I'm thinking particularly of Mirabai, Teresa of Avila, Julian of Norwich, have often written about this experience of a kind of piercing sweetness of a very soft, blissful movement of energy inside you, which is so delightful, so pleasurable, that nothing in the physical world can come close to it. And, you know, this experience of, of what we could call... A, subtle erotic bliss, the kind of wild pleasure that turns us inside, and but which can also be experienced, this is very important, which can also be experienced as the open-eyed revelation of this internal bliss acting through our senses. When these mystics talk about this piercing sweetness, they're talking about the awakening of the Lalita the Lalita energy. Uh, when I first started practicing with the goddess Lalita, I was actually doing a mantra, um, a Lalita uh, mantra practice. And I became aware that there was connected to this mantra. And, you know, when I closed my eyes and, and went very deeply within in meditation, I would experience this very soft dancing light. It was literally dancing in my inner body, Um, my whole inner body would turn to rose-red light. And the extraordinary thing about it was that it would begin to feel as though I was being made love to from inside by this light, by the mantra. And then I would open my eyes and I would see the walls of my room literally rippling with this quality of intense, intimate sweetness. And in... As this practice became more and more alive in me and you know remains so to this day, I would find myself often walking through the world with the experience of a kind of rippling sweetness that I would see in the trees, that I would taste in the food, that I would feel from a friend what I as I spoke to her. So I also have come to feel that. That this aspect of Goddess Lalita is tremendously important, certainly to women, but also to men, because she holds what uh, what I, what I would call the the quality of the enlightened feminine. In other words, the Goddess Lalita is um, is an emergent potential for a kind of a femininity that is fully empowered that's capable of of enormous capacity and strength but which is also fully loving, adoring, reverent, uh, open hearted. So the Lalita energy offers us a model for the feminine which allows for feminine power and feminine strength without, as it were, uh, turning oneself into a masculine archetype. And I I do feel that the more women and men can get in touch with the lolita within ourselves, the more we can get in touch with, with an intrinsic kind of power that is also playful and loving and Uh, and cooperative, relational. So if you want to get a sense of who Lalita is for you, think of the times in your life when you felt most alive, most in your power, most in love, most beautiful, most creative. And for some of us, there may be many times like this, for some of us, just a few, but just, just find a sense memory of that and now double this feeling if you can imagine yourself at your most creative and most alive and most in love on steroids you know it's it's like twice as powerful and three times as powerful just close your eyes and see if you can allow that sense of creativity and aliveness and love and yes erotic fulfillment to quadruple And imagine that power playing in your heart as a kind of unstoppable force of desire to make love to the world, to allow the world to make love to you, to create and express and adore. Imagine that power as just your intrinsic relationship to life. And that that unstoppable force which is really the force of self self-organizing blissfulness self-empowered blissfulness which is the force behind genuine creativity the force behind you know let's call it creative entrepreneurship the force behind our affection for one another uh, our force behind the force behind our our love for the planet and our desire to make the world a better place. All of these Im- erupt out of, they emerge out of their their natural expressions of the of the Lelita energy. And the important thing to recognize about this energy is that it doesn't have to try too hard. It doesn't have to grip. It doesn't have to it has no tension in it. It's it's simply playing as beauty, as strength, as power, as fierceness when necessary. Um, out of love. So let me give you what I consider the three core practices for invoking goddess, whether it's goddess Esvalita or goddess in some other form. The first is to engage the breath as we have as we did earlier. The goddess literally empowers us through the breath. So, Right now, just see if you can let the breath, you are, you are imagining the breath flowing through our pores. See now if you can imagine the breath flowing into your heart, flowing through your heart, almost as though the chest opens and this very soft, very vulnerable, very open energy within the heart. It really begins to open to receive the breath. So you're feeling the breath flowing in through the heart, loving you through the heart. And even if your heart feels blocked or hard, even if you're angry or grief-stricken, still you could open yourself to allow these subtle fingers of goddess energy to flow into you and enliven you through the heart breath. Now here's the second practice which for me has been really, really deeply transformative. And one of the reasons that it's so powerful Is that like the breath practice, it is actually a way of practicing our recognition of something that is literally true, that is already real and true. So in this practice, you feel that you're being seen from every particle of the air by an ecstatic, loving power, a divine power, who is literally gazing at you through every single molecule of the air around you who's seeing you through the walls who's seeing you through the trees who's seeing you through the floor of course it's particularly easy and natural to have this experience when you're in nature but it's also very possible once you open to it to realize that you're being seen by the consciousness by the awareness that is present at the heart of everything in the physical world. So consider for this moment that everything in and around you, including in your own body, is filled with particles of divine conscious energy, shakti, goddess stuff. And allow yourself to be seen as if by a lover, as if by a mother. And you notice that when you begin to allow yourself to be seen in this way, to let the air, the trees, the furniture even, see you, that there's a a kind of a natural softening or surrender that begins to occur. Your attention comes inside and you begin to open to receive. So this is a very receptive posture. You know, and traditionally in feminine practice, many especially of the male saints, the masculine saints who've done goddess practice, the the bhava, the, the spiritual attitude, is to experience shakti as the mother. So as you let yourself be seen by the goddess, you might feel as though you are the child and that the world around you It's looking at you with this incredibly loving gaze, the way a mother who adores her child looks at the baby. Or somehow I I find this more resonant as a lover who just adores you, watches you as you sleep, as you sit. And that being who is present to you through every particle of air is the goddess herself, that one who has become you but who also adores you. It's an amazing paradox. She is you and yet she is also everything that you interact with and her fundamental impulse is to love and to be experienced as love no matter how it seems. So, again, we're just allowing ourselves to settle into being seen by the divine force. And then the third powerful and actually very traditional goddess practice is to imagine her as a form, as a visual or energetic form, and to dialogue with her. So close your eyes for a moment. We're going to do a practice of meditation on the goddess Lalita. I'm going to give you a visual description of her, but I want to tell you that that to do this practice does not require that you be really good at meditative visualization, because simply by listening to the description and inviting or invoking her to be present, you should begin to experience a sense of her presence. And that's really the important thing in this kind of practice. You want to feel the presence. You want to sense the presence. So close your eyes and let your inhalation caress your inner body. Feel as though the breath is gently and subtly flowing in among the particles of the body, opening the physical body so that the breath can reach the subtle tendrils of tension or holding within you and begin to open open them so that the region of your heart is being caressed by the breath, and you can, again, start to feel as though the breath is flowing in through the pores. So there's a kind of sensual dance going on between the breath and your own inner body. Now, as you sit and allow yourself to open to the breath, let me tell you what the goddess Lalita looks like, because we are going to invoke her in this form. And again, I want to say the meditative form of the goddess is not the only form that you might experience her in, but this is the form that the sages have invoked and that artists have drawn and that poetic descriptions have painted her so for the sake of tradition we invoke her in this form so first of all goddess Lalita as we're invoking her now is in the form of a very beautiful woman her body is rosy red she's a red goddess her redness indicates her total aliveness she she is the color of enlightened desire and passion she's the color of erotic bliss she is a lover goddess she's her color is like that of the most rosy sunset shot through with gold that you can imagine. She's said to be intoxicated with love, flushed with erotic ecstasy. Her face is delicate. She has large, lustrous eyes. Her eyes have a quality of intoxication. She is literally intoxicated with her own bliss. She has a vertical third eye in the center of her forehead, which reveals her enlightened state. If you ever see a deity with a vertical third eye, know that that the presence of the third eye indicates that they represent one of the forms of awake consciousness. Around Lalita's neck is a necklace of skulls, and there are many iconic meanings of skull necklaces, but... In her case, it shows that she has mastered every form of egoic desire and fear. Uh, In other words, the skulls represent, let's call them the voices, the different sub-personalities and voices of our egoic self. Lalita has them under control. She wears them as a necklace. And by the way, you can call on her. It's one of the ways we invoke goddess for help with your egoic qualities, with your gnarly egoic qualities. She sits on a lotus that flows out of the navel of her consort Shiva. In fact, traditionally, Lalita and Shiva are said to exist in the Sahasrara, in the highest spiritual center, eight inches above the crown, where they are engaged in love play. Um, In one of the images, she's she sits on a lotus arising out of the navel of Shiva who lies at her feet as if in a swoon. Um, and again, as we said earlier, the, this iconography depicts the fact that Shiva, the masculine, is the ground of creation and Shakti, Alita, the goddess, is the dynamic energy. Um, so she is the active power that's constantly arising within the stillness at the heart of the universe. Um, Shiva's couch is actually supported by four other male deities who are, who are, who's, who are said to be intoxicated with love for the goddess. So she, this, this iconography of Lalita is, expresses the fact that she is the source, the creatrix of universes. So we're imagining her in her rosy form, just seated by herself, in the air in front of you, with her beautiful face, her four arms, and her four arms and four hands represent her powers. She holds, in one hand, a bow made of sugar cane. It's a bow, which is a weapon, but it's it's a weapon made out of the sweetest substance of the tropical agricultural world. And in one of her other hands, she holds five arrows made of flowers. And the the bow and the arrows represent the power of desire, which can be the desire, all the, all the many worldly desires, especially the five arrows represent the senses. So uh, in human life, our most core desires are the desires or the impulse, to experience the world through the senses. In her third hand, Lalita holds an elephant goad, which is this sort of hook instrument that that, um, elephant tamers use to drive an elephant forward, and a noose. The noose is the binding power of worldly desire, which can, of course, nail you to addictions and cravings. But her noose also has another meaning. The noose, Lalita's noose, when we begin to invoke her, Lalita's noose is the power that holds us to our highest commitment. So when Lalita has you in her lasso, when she lassos you, she will keep you moving on the spiritual path. Um there's a, there's a great Jewish prayer in which this old man is on his knees in front of the altar, and he says, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't find you on my own. Please carry me. He says in Yiddish, he says, schlep me, schlep me, schlep me, and meaning carry me, take me. So this is what Lalita's noose does. She carries you. She schleps you. She brings you towards herself little by little once she has you. And the goad is the driving force of suffering. So, and as we all know, it's the suffering of our human embodiment um, that impels us to look into ourselves to find the causes of our suffering. And that begins to kindle the longing for real transformation. And as our as our as our practice deepens, then the goad um, and the suffering that that it uses to goad us can be very, very subtle. It's said in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras that a yogi is as sensitive as an eyeball. So, and this may be something that you've experienced, that, that we begin to recognize that Whenever we're out of alignment with our divine self, with our highest commitments, we start to feel that as suffering, and then then those experiences more and more become the goad that turns us back, turns us inside, turns us towards looking for the causes of suffering and the way through them. And Lalita is that. Lalita is that. She's the method, she's the goal and above all, she's the force that can carry us to this experience. So and I have what I have noticed in myself is that as Lalita comes alive in you uh, as she begins to reveal herself in you, your senses and and this is this is a really far out thing to recognize. your senses start to show us non-duality. In other words, With your eyes open, you begin to have glimpses of the world as a holy mandala, as a as a dance, you know, in which everything that we see is a part of everything else and is a part of ourself. This this vision is you know there's a beautiful Buddhist poem which says the mountains are the body of the Buddha. This is this is the vision that Lamita gives us. The world is the body of the goddess. And that means that there is a kind of a natural intimacy and connection that we feel with everything. So if your eyes are not already closed, please close them. And we're going to meditate. We're going to do a formal meditation on the goddess Lalita. So you're in a comfortable, upright posture. See if you can feel weight of your buttocks on your seat and feel how the seat supports you. The earth supports you. Be aware also of the vertical axis that we call the central channel or the sushumna, the sushumna nadi, which begins at the perineum, the the little knob of flesh between the anus and sexual organ, and that runs up through the body, through the lower pelvis, up through the torso, through the throat, through the head. And feel how this central channel holds us upright, Much as the spinal column holds the physical body upright, the central channel holds our our subtle body upright. And so without working too hard from the point of view of our musculature, we can feel the body naturally coming into alignment on its own as we allow the breath to flow in and out. So Just center yourself with a couple of deep breaths, feeling that the breath flows in. Let's say we can feel the breath flowing in through the crown of the head, down through the center of the body. This is an act of imagination, of course, but just imagine that that's happening. The breath flowing in through the crown, flowing down towards the very core of the pelvis, and then the exhalation flowing up through the crown Just take a couple of breaths like this. Your eyelids are very gently closed, the upper eyelid resting on the lower. The face is soft. The body is upright yet relaxed. And you imagine yourself now seated in a mountain grove. It's a summer day. Very soft day, it's a soft breeze blowing. You're seated very comfortably on an emerald green carpet of grass. There are flowers all around. You can see, because you're on top of a mountain, great distances and the sky feels very close. Notice that from the atmosphere, from the ether, almost as though riding on a ray of sunlight, you see the form of the goddess Lalita flowing towards you. And as she comes to rest, seated in front of you, you experience her graceful, delicate, rosy-red form. You see that she is in the form of a beautiful woman, <clears throat> graceful, delicate, rosy-red in color. Her breasts are bare. Her hair flows over her shoulders. She has large eyes, eyes that are almost drunken with love as she looks at you, and you feel as she looks at you that she is looking right into your soul, and loving you, that all the qualities in you that you find unacceptable or gnarly, that she sees right through them, that her gaze transmutes these qualities into ours that will eventually help you express your deepest truth. She is wearing a red silk cloth around her lower body. Her body is gently swaying with her intoxicating love. And a rosy light is flowing from her heart into your heart. So see if you can allow this to happen, to allow your heart to open, to feel as though a rose-colored light shot with threads of gold is flowing from her heart into yours. So you feel that light entering you with the breath. And as it flows in, you feel that light gently cleansing you of wounds, of fears, of the invisible forms of contraction, which you might not even know how to name, but which keep you feeling limited and stuck. And as you exhale, sense that this light Lalita's light flows through your body and literally ripples through you as a kind of enlivening, loving energy, a power that wants to open you through every cell. And just let yourself sense this rosy light flowing from the heart of the goddess through your heart and through your body. Now, from the goddess's third eye, her vertical third eye, a silvery white light flows and begins to enter your body through the third eye, through the forehead. And you sense that light, Lalita's silvery white light of pure conscious awareness. You sense it flowing through your head Bathing your brain. Awakening you. Shifting the neurological firings in your brain and nervous system. Filling you with the awakened consciousness that who you really are is light. That who you really are is love and wisdom. Lalita's light entering your ajna chakra your third eye bathing your brain falling down through your body regenerates your neurological system so that you are empowered to be able to see oneness where you only saw duality and just let yourself take this in this transformation may not happen instantaneously, but know that she is giving you the empowerment and that every time you invoke her and take in this light, it will more and more deeply transform all of the neural pathways in your body so that the vision of oneness becomes possible for you. So the silvery light flows in from Lalita's third eye, the rosy light of her love flows from her heart. And now feel a deep, deep red light, the light of the the red light of the deep earth flowing from Lalita's belly into your belly. And sense how very embodied, despite her ethereal, her ethereal quality, sense how deeply embodied the Lalita Shakti is. Feel her, her earthy red energy filling your belly, filling your entire body. Feel it healing your sexual wounds. Feel it filling up your entire abdominal region, your intestines, your anus, this whole part of your body, which for so many of us has been encapsulated in darkness and which has been a source of fear and shame. Feel Lalita's energy, opening it, enlivening it, freeing, liberating your lower body to a full aliveness, to a full self-empowerment and to total connection with the planet itself. Now begin to draw the goddess Lalita into your body. The silvery light of her third eye, the rosy light of her heart, the deep red light, the deep red light of her first chakra, her second chakra. Feel all these energies mingling in your body. Feel yourself irradiated by her shakti. Feel her blessing. The intent of the Goddess, of the Divine Feminine Shakti in this moment for all of us is to awaken and liberate us, to give us the power to see the world as our own body, to recognize that one consciousness fills this universe. And though it manifests in different forms, though some of these forms and energies feel very strange to us, that all of them arise from within her. The teaching of the goddess of the divine feminine is that there's nothing inside you and nothing that appears outside you that is not her. So as we bring this practice session to a close, close your eyes if they're not already closed. Bring your hands into Anjali Mudra. Offer her your deep salutations. Ask her to live through you. Ask her to show you how everything that is, everything you feel, everything you experience is an opportunity to see the gracious face of Shakti dancing in love, dancing in fierceness dancing always to awaken us. Namaste. Thank you.